0: Thank you, Becca. Good morning, everyone. Okay, nice to see you're wide awake. That's good. Um, Emily's done a great job of introducing today's subject. It is tenacity. Tenacity. And we're looking at Philippians 3. Um, Now, we'll get into tenacity in a minute. Uh, First of all, I want to tell you about the time I went on a rope swing. Um, You know, rope swings, um, hanging from trees. A number of years ago, when I was working uh, with Paul Sarnison and Mark Yates, we used to take kids out after school, and we used to take them up into the South Downs, and we'd do all kinds of activities. Um, and it would be lots of fun, and we knew a special place that had a rope swing. It's just a public area on the hills, and it was, um, it was a sloping area of a wooded hillside, and in this, in this wooded hillside, halfway up this hill uh, was a great big oak tree uh, with overhanging branches and quite a long rope that was dangling down with a uh, twig or a, a kind of stick stuck into the end of it tied on nicely. It was great because you could swing on it. The really great thing about this rope swing was that because it was on the side of a hill, when you swung out, you swung away from the hillside and right out into open space. So the further you swang, the higher you went, the further the ground dropped down in this lovely, beautiful, wooded part of Sussex. It was great. Um, And we would frequently go up there with the young people um, yes, it was a little bit risky, but um, you know, we made sure that it, was, it was safe. We had first aid kits and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was, it was fine. And this one particular time we went to this place, um, we'd been up there a little while, we had about five or six young people with us, and we were taking it in turns to swing out from, from the side of the hill. So you'd grab hold of this rope, um, you'd run, you'd swing out from the hill, see as far as you get, twirl around while you're going, and then back against the hill again, sometimes bumping yourself. Um, We'd taken it in turns for about 10, 15 minutes. Um, the, the, The young people were swinging backwards and forwards. And of course, part of the privilege of being a youth worker is you get to take part in these kind of activities. There was absolutely no way I was going to lose out on this, even though I was actually the designated driver driving the minibus. Uh, I decided that I could be all of these young people. It was pretty much time for us to go, we needed to get back, back to the bus. This was going to be my last attempt and I would show them how it was done. So, I grabbed hold of this branch, I ran down the hillside, swung out as far as I could go, and as I got to the top of the swing, at that point where I was just about to swing back again, both hands slipped. And for a few seconds, I was in absolute shock. I didn't even understand what happened. I had a good grip. I was holding on tight. But I let go. Both hands. And I sailed up into the air as the ground beneath me sloped away. It was a scary few seconds. It really was. Thankfully, I landed on really soft earth with a huge pile of leaves. And I just got up a little bit dazed, a little bit embarrassed. Um, But absolutely fine, no injury at all, and I was safe to drive the bus back home. But it was those few seconds when I was in the air, and just for some reason, I still don't know how, both hands let go. I lost my grip. And that's what we're looking at a little bit today. Tenacity tenacity. In the dictionary, tenacity has three particular definitions. It talks about the quality of being able to grip something, like a limpet um, or a muscle or a barnacle grabbing hold to the, to the side of a boat. That tenacity, that is a, that grip, that holding on as tight as possible. It also means determination, To to be very determined, to be focused and getting through something to make something happen. But it also means persistence as well. It has those three different connotations. So when we talk of tenacity, we're talking about keeping going and uh, perseverance. But we're also talking about determination. And we're also talking about holding on tightly. It's about grip, it's about determination, and it's about perseverance. And that's what we're looking at today. Now what on earth does that have to do with Philippians chapter 3? The last couple of weeks we looked at Philippians. Two weeks ago in the evening service, Nat Giller unpacked chapter 1. He explained how the writer Paul is in a Roman jail. He's under house arrest and um, he's writing to the church in Philippi. He's sending them his love. He's giving them um, some kind of guidance and some instruction because he hasn't been able to see them for a little while. So he, he writes them in chapter 1. And, and Nat pulled out that that passage is all about Jesus. Paul just keeps going on about Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. And actually that theme continues throughout the rest of the book. Chapter 2, Joe Gisby unpacked last week about humility and about actually how even though it's all about Jesus, it's not about us. And it's about putting God first, putting Jesus first, about taking a step back and and being humble in the day-to-day things. So chapter 3, if we could summarise this, there's a few things in chapter 3, but if we could summarise this, we're going to call it tenacity. I'm just going to read the whole of chapter 3 for you. Uh, So starting with verse 1. What he's talking about there is um, a decision by the early church to not make the Gentiles, um, the non-Jewish people, to have to be circumcised. Um, there was a big argument about it, and uh, we see this back in Acts and some of the other books that Paul's written. They agreed that actually new believers didn't have to physically uh, be circumcised in order to follow Jesus. And so Paul's just reiterating that, and he's saying, he's saying, watch out for those guys, those people who are saying that you have to do this. You don't have to do this. Um, he, he said, but... You could put confidence in the flesh, in an action of the flesh, Um, and I should have reasons for this confidence. And then in verse 4 he says, If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law. I'm a Pharisee. And as for zeal, persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. So Paul goes on that he's listing a whole load of things, a whole load of achievements and reasons which he should should be the best or have confidence. But then in verse 7, he says, But whatever were gains to me now, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from good on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and his participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Nearly there. Not that I've already obtained all of this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We'll stop there at verse 14. There's a lot of words in there. And when you read the whole, the whole of Philippians as a letter, it's quite a long letter and you, you kind of get stuck in some of the different things Paul's saying and he jumps around he tells them a bit of information about this and a bit of information about this. But um, today, I want to focus on verses uh, 13, 14, 12, 13, 14. Uh, the stuff that is on your screen right now. I'll turn, onwards. turn it inwards. Not that I've already obtained all of this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've been a Christian a little while, sometimes you can read the Bible with a little bit of familiarity. Because we've heard this passage, right? Give me a wave if you've read this passage in your life before. Okay, quite a lot of people. And if you haven't, you're probably getting a little bit confused by some of those things which he's saying. So I wanted to unpack this a little bit. So uh, I know you're going to be impressed with this. This week, I have been looking into Greek. Yeah, yeah, Greek words. So uh, let's have the first one up, please, Liam. There we go. Uh, this is dioko. Dioko is a Greek word, um, and it means to actively pursue. It means to, uh, to chase down, to go after. Uh, what have we got up here? To pursue with all haste, literally or figuratively, by implication to persecute, to ensue, to follow. Um, it's a really active word, dioko. It doesn't, it's not a passive thing. It doesn't mean to, uh, to sit still. It means to chase down, to relentlessly go after, dioko. Now the interesting thing here is, um, in this passage we're reading, when Paul says, press on, he says, I press on. What he's saying is, I dioko. I press on. I relentlessly pursue um, when we read it in English, press on, that translation, okay, that makes sense, but it doesn't really uh, tell us a little bit about the, the passion that Paul's got behind him. And the really interesting thing about this word dioko is it's also used in verse 6 when Paul is talking about how he used to persecute the church. The direct translation is, Paul says, he used to dioko. He used to chase down, to relentlessly pursue the Christians who would become followers of Jesus. He passionately pursued them to take them down. And here he's saying, but I passionately pursue. I press on to reach the goal in Christ Jesus. Okay? Dioko, to press on, to passionately pursue. Okay, next one. Kata lambano. Kata lambano. This is an amalgamation of two Greek words, kata and lambano. This means to seize, to possess, to apprehend, to grip, to capture, to aggressively take. Now, when Paul's talking in this passage... He says, I take hold, and we read it in English, I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus first took hold of me. It doesn't have that passion involved. Kata lambano. The prefix kata actually means, in in Greek, in some circumstances, to literally grab hold and pull down. Kata lambano to grab hold and pull down, to actively apprehend, to grip. So when Paul says, I take hold, what he's actually saying is, I am going to go for this with everything I possibly can to grab hold and pull down and hold on to Jesus. you excited about this? (laughs) <laughs> the, um, the thing I could most liken it to was a rugby tackle, where in, in the midst of a game, at high speed, at pace, a player dives to grab hold of his opponent, to wrestle him to the ground, to latch on and hold him tight and pull him down. Cata lambano. I take hold. It means I'm going to grab hold. So what we've got here is Paul saying, I'm going to... I'm going to relentlessly pursue and grab hold and pull down Jesus because he first did that to me. It makes a difference when you understand the Greek, doesn't it? It's a little bit more exciting. This passage is a little bit more full of life. It's a little bit more energetic. So uh, next one, we've got epektionome. I think I've said that right. I've been practising all week. Epekte Now, this is when Paul says, I strain towards what is ahead. I strain towards. Epekte Nome, again, is a really active verb. It means to extend, to lay hold of, to stretch forward. I think like a goalkeeper uh, trying to save a goal where a ball's been kicked at the goal. A keeper jumps and leaps and stretches forward desperately trying to stop that, that ball going into the net. Epetia nome to um, to strain towards. So why am I telling you this? What does all this mean? Well, I put all this together, and I'm trying to understand a little bit of the Greek. I paraphrased the, these, this passage to to make it a little bit more of a modern translation. Now. I know what you're thinking. John, you're amazing. You can translate the Bible. No, of course I can't. Um, I've, I've used Google to, uh, to uh, understand this a little bit. And then I've tried to put it into my own words. This is not a direct translation of the Bible. I want to be very clear about this. But this is how I understand this passage, based on having done a little bit of research. So let's have the next thing up there. Here we go. This is what I think Paul is saying in modern English. I will persistently continue to grab hold of Jesus because Jesus first grabbed hold of me. Friends, I realise I don't know everything, but one thing I'm sure of, I will relentlessly pursue the prize which God is calling me to. I'm not looking back, but I'm stretching forwards to Jesus. Does that make sense? Are you getting some of the urgency in this? Now, For those of you who've been Christians a little while, like myself, um, I think sometimes we find the day-to-day living, as a follower of Jesus, we can get a little bit into routine. Uh, Particularly in our Western culture, life can be reasonably comfortable. I know not everybody in this room has a comfortable life, I I appreciate that. But actually, um, on a day-to-day basis, our faith isn't stretched that much, is it? We can usually find enough money for a coffee, or to do the things that we want to do. Um, and how often do we rely on the Spirit of God to prompt in our ear and talk to our neighbour? But when we understand the, the, the passage that Paul's saying, when we understand the Christian life, the following Jesus, as we've already been talking about this morning, to be a follower, once we understand it in Paul's original text, it makes, it makes a big difference. It takes on a new life. If you find the Christian life boring, you haven't fully grasped the Christian life. Let me say that again might be controversial to some. If you find the Christian life boring, you haven't fully grasped the Christian life. There is life, there is energy, there is vibrancy and vitality. What Paul is telling us here is Christians day to day, we should not be content. We should not be sitting back and relaxed. We should not be just waiting for other things to happen. We need to be, as followers of Jesus, relentlessly pursuing him who first grabbed hold of us and pulled us down. Our job is to get back up and chase after him wherever he goes. It is a daily business. It is passionate. It is sweaty. It is hard work. Where has God gone? Where can we go to get hold of him? We must chase him down and grab hold of him. Amen? So, what does that mean for us today? Um, I brought along this this rope. Um, We use it at the youth clubs for uh, skipping, for activities, sometimes tug of war. Um, But coming back to tenacity, this idea of grip, of determination, of perseverance. This is exactly what Paul is talking about in that passage. Grip, determination. Perseverance, that tenacity, that, that life in Christ, that vibrancy, that urgency, that chasing down. This is what we're called to, people. Not a steady, boring, safe existence. If you are not a Christian here today, you need to know following Jesus is one of the most difficult things you could ever do. It means standing alone sometimes. It means make, making difficult choices that will make you unpopular. It means uh, being overcome with emotion. It means chasing after God wherever he goes. It means relentlessly pursuing his spirit. It's not a simple, straightforward life. But it is the most rewarding, best possible thing you could do with your life because your life is God-given in the first place. So we've got this rope. Um, Because it's about grip, it's about determination. I felt when I was preparing for this today that uh, some people may feel they've lost their grip. Uh, Like on my rope swing, uh, when I swung out into the air and then both hands just slipped off. You know what it's like to lose your grip? Uh, Maybe that's to do with your faith. Maybe that's to do with circumstances. But it's so difficult to hold on to Jesus. And I felt that was important for some people today, that you need to understand you've got to hold on. You've got to hold on. You must grip hold. And if your grip has failed, if you've slipped out, you've got a chance to come back and grab hold again. If you're losing determination, if once you were passionate and running towards something and you were going to make something happen and God had called you and you knew it was the right thing and it hasn't happened, I believe God's saying, come, grab hold of determination again. Those dreams haven't always died. They haven't necessarily gone. Be determined in your faith. Be determined in your walk with him. And persistence. Some of us have been doing the same things over and over and over again and seen mediocre results. Maybe you've been praying for somebody to come to faith. Maybe a family member um, has been ill and you've just wanted to see that happen so desperately you've been praying and you haven't seen that happen keep going it's about persistence this faith thing this following Jesus it's about keeping going and so in response this morning I've got this rope Um, if any of those things apply to you I would love you to come and grab hold of this rope it applies to me some of this stuff applies to me I'm talking to myself as much as to you together we are going to respond by standing up and taking hold of this rope. If you have lost grip, if your grip is failing, if you have lost determination, thank you. If you have lost persistence, perseverance, come and grab hold of this rope. Let's stand together, shall we? Come and grab hold. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you That following after you, following after Jesus, is not a passive activity. We are to relentlessly pursue you, to grab hold of you and pull down and wrestle you down wherever we find you. To chase after you through everything. We thank you for this passage. We thank you for for faith, for what you've already done for us, Father. And so today, as we think about our own grip, our own determination, our own persistence... We pray that you answer our prayers, that you come and speak to us this morning. And where we're grabbing hold of this rope, you give us new vigour, new energy to chase after you. Thank you, Father, for all that you're doing. Amen.